0: It's July 20th. I am Joel and with me as
1: always is... Hey guys, what's going on? It's Jason.
0: And boy, have we got a doozy of an episode for you. Uh, We're talking sports car games, I guess, today. So that's kind of
1: fun. (laughs) Yep, that's for sure.
0: Jason, thanks for taking a break from your vape juice. I appreciate it. Uh, That's an Easter egg that if you don't listen to every minute of every episode, you may not understand. But you do seem pretty caffeinated, pretty hyped up on that Mountain Dew. So.
1: (laughs) Yep. I'm feeling pretty good right now. (laughs) Awesome.
0: Well, I'm glad because I am going to need you to give me some good news this week.
1: All right. So there are a few things I wanted to talk about in the news. Um, a couple of them are just some housekeeping deals. Um, So Katie and Kim just finished a new video for the Christmas Eve game, the Race to Help Santa, and that'll be dropping this week. You just did a new video for Temporal Odyssey, and that just dropped. People can check that out now. Um, So, yeah, that's all of that. And then the first nice, cool, interesting game-related piece of news is new conspirator packs for the game Black Orchestra by our buddy PDB.
0: Oh, yeah. Instabax.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, Yeah. Uh, That's pretty impressive right there. I mean, it's just extra characters, but still, that game is so amazing that it's nice to have.
0: Well, it's pretty cheap, too. I mean, like, I love that they're not saying... I mean, like, I think what happens a lot of time with expansions on Kickstarter is there's one really good part of the expansion. So it's like you get a new board or you get a couple new characters that are awesome. And then they add like 75 other little modules that you don't care about at all. (laughs) So it's like now with more realistic looking shoes for your characters (laughs) and, and special monocles to role play your character. I mean, like stuff that you just don't care about at all. Yeah. And then you end up having to pay $55 for the little bits that you do care about. So on this one, they just did it right. They just said, hey, here's the part we have and we know it's good buy these few cards, and uh, I think that's a cool way to do it. So I'm I'm happy to back that one. It's one of my favorite games of, really, basically new to me this year, honestly, uh, and I think new to a lot of people as that second print run, really hit a lot of people. Black Orchestra is just so good, and I know you've been playing it a lot too. Oh yeah, so, it's incredible. It's a great game. It does it does it give you the same tension as Freedom in the Underground Railroad? It does for me.
1: Uh, I haven't played a full game of Freedom. I just played like a demo, like for half a game, but. Yeah, this, can't, this comes down to the wire every single time. So, yeah, I would say it's it's up there for sure.
0: Well, the other thing I really like about it is that I think I've said this a hundred times on the show probably, but it's just it always is worth saying is that you can be ready to go, have all the you know contraband you need. And Hitler's just so stinking strong. You just can't do anything with it. You know, you got to wait for the right conditions to pop up. So that waiting game, that's not really present in a lot of co-op games. And I love that part of this game.
1: Right. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, And, you know, you're at the mercy at the dice, too, which you can plan and plan and plan. And then, yeah, dice are going to let you down. Wah, wah, wah. Yep. <laughs> that's, that's it. All right. So that's the, the happy piece of Kickstarter news. Now we're going to go into some uh, less happy pieces. Um, the first one is a game that just got canceled. So I'm glad I looked at that before I came on here. And that is called Dr. Horrible's Evil League of Evil. It was fully funded in like, I don't know, four hours. But the interesting part is they never had the license to Dr. Doc- Horrible. Why would Dr. you do that? I don't know. I have no idea.
0: Yeah, Joss Whedon, he's known to just throw around licenses. I mean, so, I, what?
1: Yeah. They said they were hoping on getting it before the, the Kickstarter ended, but it, that's not something you want to do. I mean.
0: <laughs> that's like, that's so poorly run. Like, why? Is it like once you get a Kickstarter scheduled to start, you have to like, Have a council of governing bodies come together to reschedule it, or I mean, like I don't understand why you wouldn't just wait. I don't know. know. And now that now that game, like I that game could be amazing. Absolutely, I like Doctor Horrible a lot. Actually, oh yeah, it's funny. Yeah, but I mean that game could be totally completely amazing. It will now forever be known as the game where the guy like jumped the gun and (laughs) tried to kickstart it without the license. You know. Yep. So goofy move there.
1: Yep. So anyway, I mean the guy was really cool about it. He actually seemed sincere that he wasn't trying to rip people off. He just maybe jumped the shark a little bit. So at least he was nice. Unlike this next guy. Um, the next game is Overturn rising sands by foxtail studios. And there's been tons of stuff on this game all over. I don't know if you've seen any of it, but basically they ripped off like massive Darkness's rule book. They took some of the mission statement from mythos tales and put it on their webpage I, yeah, the whole thing is crazy.
0: <laughs> so it's a good old fashioned plagiarism case. Yes.
1: Like I, yeah. I don't know how it's still funded. It's blowing me away that Kickstarter hasn't come in and just shut this thing down because it's blatant. People put up screenshots with the Massive Darkness rulebook next to the Overturn rulebook, and it's word for word identical, same page numbers and everything. It's crazy. So I've never
0: canceled my backing of a Kickstarter. I'm thinking you definitely can change the level of your backing, but can you just totally walk away from it before it's over?
1: Yeah, I guess they posted, some, some backer posted a screenshot saying, as long as when you pull your your pledge away, it doesn't bring it below funding, you can cancel. Hmm. And before you're in the last 24 hours. So there's a couple stipulations around it, but yeah, I would definitely be pulling my support from that if I would have backed it.
0: So it's like a $15,000 support level. They're going to be right at that. Because there's going to be more people more people who want to cancel than probably, unless it has miniatures, then people will buy it no matter what.
1: Oh, yeah. It has miniatures. It's like $88 for this game for just the base pledge level because it has like a million minis.
0: Okay. So this is bad news because in my mind, if they are able to produce a rule book and a website, what are their sculpts going to look like? I don't know.
1: Yeah. Think. I don't know. They actually didn't look too bad. I mean, I guess. I, I'm not an expert on minis, but the pictures look kind of cool. Uh, like or like the 3D modeling, like computer modelings. Yeah. It seemed okay. Maybe that's what
0: they're good at, and they just don't know how to run a business or write rule books otherwise. I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah, it could be. I want to create. And if that's the
0: case, they're going to have a great Kickstarter because that's what that game's all about, you know? <laughs> yeah.
1: I want to create a game called Cavern, and I'm going to take uh, Uwe Rosenberg's Caverna rule book.
0: Yeah. And I'm going to turn yeah. it into
1: my rulebook. And I'm going to say, it's just the alpha rulebook. It's just a placeholder. It's okay. The game will be different later on. And I want to see how much money I can raise. I think that'll be fun.
0: Yeah, I'm going to call mine like um, Drifting Sands, Underturn. And it's just going to be like the Massive Darkness <laughs> rulebook along with the Caverna rulebook, too. I don't know, maybe.
1: Yeah, I like it. Let's do it. I
0: Seriously... <laughs> We, I don't know, man. We need somebody to come out and say, "Hey, listen, Kickstarter's cool, but be conscientious." And then, like the other thing too, that like it feels like, I don't know, man. I I look at the different Facebook groups and Reddit and Board Game Geek, and people talk about how many how many Kickstarters do you. You uh, like back a year, and like some of the people are like, I'm a platinum level backer. I back a thousand games a day. Like I don't know, I it's seriously insane. Like some people like have backed hundreds of Kickstarter projects, and I'm just like, man, I can't think. If you gave me infinite money and infinite, like every Kickstarter was open, I'm not positive there's more than maybe 200 Kickstarters that I'd ever want to back. So I don't know, whatever. I good on you if you want to back every Kickstarter, go for it. But I am not. I am becoming way more selective with the stuff I buy nowadays.
1: Oh, yeah. I've probably only backed, I think I've backed maybe nine Kickstarters ever. It has to really speak to me or I'm not going to mess with it. So, yeah, I'm with you.
0: Yeah. I I mean, like, I think the ones that I am actively in right now, I just got my copy of Kids on Bikes, which is really cool. Um, I'm supposed to uh, queue, like the guy from Anonymous, queue, he leaked some information about you know, the Trump presidency, but then also he leaked me some information about, um, my, my copy of, uh, Oh, what is it even called? Folklore? Of the affliction is going to come out in August. So that's cool. Are you hip with the whole like Q thing? Or was that like a whoosh over your head thing?
1: I know it from star Trek next generation, but
0: that's, uh, that's, that's different. There's this, Oh man. You got, <laughs> you, okay. So you got some homework and like, here's the bad news. People who are listening to this show are going to be like, Oh, that sounds kind of cool. I'm going to go check that out. And like, they will turn the podcast off. Don't because. There's so many special ARG hidden messages in this podcast that you need to listen to. So listen very carefully to what we say because there's so many special secret messages. This is a lie. I am not telling you the truth right now. That's not true. No, uh, the guy Q, he's like allegedly he has these photos that are like you could only have taken them on Air Force One. So he's like connected to the president somehow, but he keeps leaking all this crazy information on the <laughs> 4chan about – how the president's like on a witch hunt for like literal witches and like
1: just crazy stuff (laughs) that is crazy yeah i haven't heard anything about that yeah
0: you have to you have to check it out it's pretty bizarre but anyway he was telling me some stuff about some kickstarters he did say that rising sands he gave me a heads up on that one that you know hey they just photocopied some pages right out of that rule book so watch out boy (laughs) and uh and and (laughs) he told me that mine are coming. no i think i i think i'm I think I actively am in uh, the Pandasaurus one for for uh, Dinosaur Island, which is amazing. And then... Uh,
1: yeah, I'm in that what one, is too.
0: The, what's the other one called? Goo-gong? Goo Gong? Yeah, Goo... Forbidden City? Yeah,
1: Goo Gong. So, yeah, I don't know. Something like that.
0: Which those two games, I mean, are honestly probably two of the more exciting looking games that have come out all year. Agreed. But there's been so many things that people got hyped about on Kickstarter, that I'm just like, eh, miniatures. Uh, Jason, you're infecting me, man.
1: I, I... Like, literally... I watched somebody play a preview of this Rising Sands game. If it didn't have miniatures, there's nothing to this game. You're you're literally just moving things around, and when you get in front of somebody, then you attack them. That's a whole entire game. Yeah, I mean, that might be fun to some people, but I mean, it's similar to pushing cubes around, I guess, but at least there's like other stuff going on. I mean, I'm pushing cubes around. I don't know.
0: Well, I mean, all these Dungeon Crawl games have kind of the same core of you go explore things and then fight them, you know, I mean,
1: right. Yeah, that's true. Fight,
0: fight the bad dudes. And so then it really does come down to who's got the most interesting way, how they mitigate dice or who's got the most interesting way, how they don't use dice. And I mean, it's really hard to reinvent that wheel when it's as simple as it is. Right. Like the idea of moving and your movement can only be so much on a grid or on an ax or whatever. And then you engage in some kind of combat, and there's got to be some piece of luck in there, plus your cards and skills things that you've you've leveled up. Well, I mean, so right there, like that's that's the extent of the games that you can have for. I mean, dungeon crawl. I'm way oversimplifying it, but I mean, how many times can you change that model or make that model different and really revolutionize it? You can't. I mean, Gloomhaven kind of did, um, but
1: yeah, only because they didn't use dice. I mean...
0: Right. And it's more of a hand management type thing. (laughs) Yeah. And they added the kind of legacy elements to the game. So, I mean, that's really cool. Um, And I mean, like, Folklore of the Affliction, which I am excited about getting my Kickstarter of it, it's the same kind of idea, though, too. But it's just got some late role-playing game elements in it as well. So, I mean... All right, these games yeah. that come out on Kickstarter that are dungeon crawls, I mean, like, I know people are crazy for them. And if that's your jam, then that's your jam. And I guess that you would want more stories that to be told or more miniatures to play with or whatever. The other one, Jason, I wanted to make sure you mention is um, Azul has their new Screw You Sagrada edition coming out. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I don't know if you saw that or not. Yeah, but I did see that. I. It doesn't look awesome to me. I mean, I haven't really watched any videos that explain the rules or anything or read the rules, but it's supposed to be a slightly heavier game, and these little rows can be moved around, which is kind of neat, but um, that definitely was announced, and I think it's supposed to come out yet this year, which Plan B Games is really kind of good at that, saying, hey, here's a game that you don't know anything about, and it comes out next week. So, I mean, I guess this definitely could be something they're going to do at Essen or something, so um, anyway, the stained glass windows of the monastery in... <laughs> Spain. I don't yeah. know what it's exactly called, but the new Azul was announced this week.
1: Yeah, the thing that people were up in arms about is because Next Move is supposed to be like the four letter word games, and this one has a subtitle. So people were like, Really? Four letter words, but you're going to tack on three words at the bottom of some other letters. <laughs> was, they were all up in arms because it, it was more than four letters. It was funny to me.
0: Well, and the thing is, other than it being like placing tiles on a board, and I guess kind of drafting them off of circles, I don't see why it needs to be called an Azul game, you know? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> well, because Az- <laughs> Azul
1: is like printing cash. I mean, yeah, that's why. I mean, that's my guess.
0: Yeah, and it's uh, not as good as Reef, according to some board game mechanics.
1: <laughs> yeah, I stand beside that. that statement. I haven't
0: played Reef yet, I can't say. So, well, anyway, that's, that's about it in the news. Um, this is that calm before the storm, the Gencom storm coming up here. So we'll see what happens. Jason, it was good to be home. I got to play some board games this week. Did you get to play some board games?
1: Oh, man. I always play board games. Um, So, yeah, I actually kind of kicked it old school a little bit. Um, I played Pirate's Cove.
0: That is old school.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it is. It's a Days of Wonder game. So, of course, it looks beautiful. Um, It was a little simple for me, but... I kind of liked it still. I'm not sure when it came out, but you're pirates, and you're trying to go around to collect treasure and gold and upgrade your ship at these certain islands, and if multiple people go to the same island, you have to battle each other, and there's also these two like big daddy pirates that are moving around from island to island, and they're just going to kill you and send you to the repair island and make you waste a turn, and yeah, it was pretty fun. It was simultaneous action selection, which is always fun, so... I would definitely play it again if I had the opportunity.
0: Yeah, I um, I, I have this game. I own it. Um, it's pretty good with two players. I don't know how many you played it with. Three. Um, it, Yeah, it gets a little long um, playing it with more than two players, I find. So, um, I don't know. It's a perfectly fine game. I have it largely, though, because I have this thing of I really, really like Days of Wonder games because they used to be, like, the standard for, for components. And I think... They aren't the standard for components anymore. Certainly, they're certainly a fine component. Um, they're perfectly okay, but I wouldn't say they're like, oh my gosh, these components are so much better than anything else out there. Especially in the era of you know Kickstarter and C Mod and some of these other companies. So I guess my like collection, just because they have such beautiful art and beautiful production on them, um, is kind of dated. Uh, kind of dated premise, but it's a it's a perfectly good game. And the other thing too is like the weight of every Days of wonder game is just right in that like family weight game that you can play with about anybody so this one does that as well um it's definitely an older game i don't know that i would suggest this game to anyone to go out and purchase it especially i think this one's out of print right now so yeah
1: it's expensive not
0: super cheap um i think i would suggest really yoho over it which you have to have cell phones to play that one but that's a really fun little game that's a pirate game where you The computer does, like, the computer in your phone um, does, like, all the movement for you, and, like, your combat gets resolved on your phones. And it's kind of a cool little game. I don't know if you know much about it or not, but um, it's a yellow game. It's really cool. Um, It's my go to pirate game nowadays, but um, I, I think that. You know the older Days of Wonder game definitely is is still a good game, and people are playing it. I want to say that game's ten years old now, and they're still playing it. So I don't know that people will be playing World of Yoho in ten years. So yeah, yeah, good good game to play, Jason.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I didn't, I wasn't super wanting to play it, but I didn't know if I would ever get a chance to play it again. And my pastor was really wanting to play it because it's his game. So I was like, yeah, whatever, you can teach me a game because it'll probably be the last time that that happens. So go ahead. <laughs>
0: Yeah, not a bad game
1: though. I mean, like, is, is your pastor like forty five? No, he's like twenty five.
0: Oh wow, he was a he was like eleven when this game came <laughs> out. Yeah,
1: it, you could tell too. It looks like a dog chewed on it. <laughs> it was terrible. Yeah,
0: i <laughs> i I got this copy right before it went out of print. I got this game right before it went out of print and trade. So I'm I'm kind of lucky to have it, I guess. But I don't know that it would it would probably be in the uh, Coliseum category of, dang, I wish I had a copy, but I won't ever. Um, And then I got the Coliseum reprint from whoever it was, TMG or whoever put out a copy of that too. So yeah. anyway, well, cool. Pirate's Cove. Good game, Jason. I'm glad you enjoyed it, at least enough to talk about it here.
1: Yeah, it was fun.
0: I played Custom Heroes and I played it correctly and I played it well (laughs) and I had a lot of fun playing it. It's it's a cool game. It's a card crafting game, but it's like Scum or Teach you or in you know, those other games where you're trying to run yourself out of cards and like by winning the trick you get the lead the next time. Right. And you can play like pairs and sets, but it, the the cool clever thing on it is it has a great makeup mechanism in it where if you lose you get a like to draw three of these little like transparent sleeve things out of there. And then you kind of hang on to them and you also get this there's two kinds of currency. There's victory points and then there's like power up money. And if you get the power up money, you can put those transparent card sleeves in there and make your cards better or different or wilds or whatever. And it's just a really fun game. Um, really neat how it plays and that catch up mechanism. It works as well as any catch up mechanism I've ever played with a little, little, uh, game like this really enjoyed it, uh, quite a bit actually. So, uh, dang it, Jason, I'm going to call, I'm going to call an audible here. I already talked about this one, so I'm not gonna talk anymore about it. Cause I want to talk about something else here. You already mentioned it. Um, temporal odyssey, I just played that one too. That's a really great small card game too. Um, small box card game that could go in our future today, probably honestly, but that's an awesome game. Um, and I'm not going to talk anymore about it. I, I really like that game. Like typically when we get stuff sent to us for free and review copies, or when I've gotten review copies before and like other media projects I've done, like I don't typically hang on to them just cause rooms a premium more than having a game as a premium. And, uh, this one's going to stay in my collection. It's that good. So go to YouTube and check out my video on that one. Um, Temporal Odyssey. That's, that's going to be the game I want to actually talk about, not Custom Heroes. Custom Heroes is awesome too, but Temporal Odyssey, just an awesome game. And I I'm not, I don't want to talk anymore about it right now. I'll talk about it in a future episode because I'm sure I'll keep playing it. But for now, go check it out on YouTube or check it out on our Facebook page that I did actually put a review of that one up. It's, it's a solid game.
1: Yeah, that's actually gotten pretty good buzz from a lot of other reviewers, too. They seem to like it. So I might have to give that one a try, even though it's pretty much everything that I don't like in a game.
0: <laughs> you did like Magic, though, too, right? So yeah, I yeah. Mean,
1: like, yeah, I did.
0: It's not a lot like Magic. It reminds me more of Codex, which is a game that I like really enjoy. Um, right. It yeah. reminds me a lot of Codex, actually. But um, it's it's super good. It's super good for a level 99 game, too. Like, has a lot of streamlined, not fiddly... Like, level 99 games always kind of feel like they're kind of loose. They don't have real tight gameplay. Right. This one's super tight, super awesome. So well, That's cool. Yeah, for
1: sure. All right. So I played another old Ur game. It's not as old as the last game, but I played Emotep as well. And this is a game I've been wanting to play. I didn't get a chance to before, but Jim and Kim have it. They brought it over. And essentially what you're doing is you're playing these, you have these building cubes of a certain color, and you're trying to go to one of the four areas to build your cube in like the pyramid or the obelisk or the temple, or you're trying to put your cube on a boat to take it to trade at the market to get special power cards, and you're just trying to score the most points, but it's kind of neat because you're stacking cubes on top of other cubes to form the little, you know, the the thing that you're trying to build the pyramid or obelisk or whatever so it gives the board kind of a 3d look and yeah it was a fun game and i can see why it was up for the the spiel or won the spiel i'm not sure
0: i don't think it won i think it got nominated um yeah it's funny you called this like an older game too like it is kind of an older game i guess if you're talking about brand new news but this is like less than two years old yeah it's like
1: 2016 (laughs) or something yeah yeah
0: but that said if you look at the box, it does look like it's from 2006, not 2016. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's kind of it's kind of hideous. Like, and there's so much brown. Like, you open the box, and all the cubes are like a shade of brown, except for the white one. <laughs> it's yeah, it's, right. It's not very like black, appealing at all. Black and then brown and then yeah. Like white. Yeah,
0: and and like uh, this is a Cosmos game, which I don't I don't know, man. I always have kind of had like a little bit of a issue with not not their art, maybe like they're it's just very like traditional european board game looking right card. yeah so, It's
1: it's function over form for sure
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah i i mean i don't know i'm uh, i'm trying to think of like another example like definitely this game but for sure i mean like i don't know uh i know they put out lost cities too that yeah. card ha- that game has pretty ca- pretty cards but it's i mean like very much function cards pillars of the earth is like it's got some kind of cool components in it but it's definitely another one of those games. And I think the first Cosmos game I ever played was Lord of the Rings way back in the day. Oh, yeah. And I think like that was pretty great art for its day back in 2004 or whenever it came out. Um, but it just feels like that art, if that game came out today, you'd be like, oh, yeah, that's what Cosmos is still doing for art. So I don't know. Um, at any rate, that, that emo, Emotap, I think if Yellow would have put that game out, like it probably would have been more popular. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Cause I think, I yeah. think it looks like it's a heavier game than it really is too, with that art direction. So it's like, it does for sure. It's definitely a lighter family weight game, honestly. So I don't oh, know.
1: Oh yeah. There's like two decisions that you make. You either put cubes on your little uh, like ready area or you put them on a boat. That's it. <laughs> yeah, And
0: I mean, people definitely love this game. I mean,
1: <laughs> have you played it before?
0: <laughs> yeah, I have. It's, it was a couple years ago. Um, I have a fun story about this one. Um, I forget what oh it was Tickets to Ride Rails and Sales was my copy. And it was also my copy of the Arkham Horror Living Card game, which I have two base sets of and then like a bunch of the like packs, like the first six packs and then like the first big box expansion. So like at that time Rails and Sales was like Selling on Amazon for 120 bucks or something. Right. And I mean, like, it was on the secondary markets for like 60, probably, like used. And then my Arkham Horror stuff, like MSRP on it was probably like, I don't know, pushing $200. And I mean, if I were going to try and sell it on the Board Game Geek markets, I could probably get a hundred bucks out of all that stuff. Well, this person offered me Emotap for like all of that. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, well, I don't know, man. Like, I'm not that into Emotap. He's like, well, what about just for the Arkham Horror stuff? And I was like, no, nah, man, that still doesn't feel good. Because, I mean, I think an Emotap you can get for like, I don't know, 24 bucks. Yeah, or something. it's really so cheap. Yeah. That's just, I mean, that's partially like, not, it's not really Emotap's fault. It's that's how you get trades presented to you on Board Game Geek all the time. And, right, like, yeah. those guys have got to be getting somebody that says yes. I mean, like, it's like someone who's trying to sell like prescription plans to elderly people or something. I don't know. It feels <laughs> bad, but someone's saying yes. Yeah, that's so, true. Yep. Anyway. Well, cool. That's a good choice. Uh, Fun game, Jason. Um, My last one is Wasteland Express Delivery Service. I'm not... I think I have talked about this one on here, but man, this game is good. Um, This is one that it came out, like, moments before Pandasaurus released uh, Dinosaur Island or Kickstarter Dinosaur Island the first time. So, like, Dinosaur Island got all the hype on what Pandasaurus is doing, and this game kind of didn't get any. And just this game, honest to goodness, it's the best matching of theme to mechanics out of any game that I've ever played, probably. I mean, it's just that theme has to be present, and the way how the game plays has to be present for both the parts to work as well as they do. So just such a cool game. You have like a semi-truck that's a grid or like some kind of delivery truck that's a grid, and then you keep upgrading your truck kind of like not quite galaxy trucker, but like you just keep putting new components on there that give you an extra diet when you do combat or let you carry more cargo. And you're just moving through the wasteland, trying to deliver stuff, trying to figure out how to capitalize on the market best and meet certain objectives. And it's just such a fun game. And, And uh, the cool thing about it, I think every time I've played it, you play for like maybe an hour and no one's making any progress towards ending the game at all. And it's partially because people are just having a lot of fun building their trucks up and stuff. And then all of a sudden out of nowhere, like in the course of 10 minutes, somebody wins the game by doing (laughs) all three objectives that you have to do. So just a pretty neat build up and then resolution kind of game. I, I really enjoy it. It's a huge box, huge game. Which is not what we're talking about this week. But anyway, uh, Wasteland Express Delivery Series, I got played and everybody I played it with, it was their first time playing it. They all were like, This is really good. Like, how much is this game? And I was like, Well, it's like 80 bucks MSRP, but you can get it for 50 on sales. And actually, it's 45 bucks here on Prime Day as we record. So, um, but it's it's a cool game.
1: Yeah, that's cool. Uh, Next BGM Con, I want to play that for sure. Really? That's, yeah.
0: that's a little surprising
1: I kind of want to try it just cause I've heard good things and I love Dinosaur Island so I need to give some other Pandasaurus games a shot to see what they're all about
0: it's our boy Johnny Gills man we need to get him on here for an interview because he's that's a Midwest true. fella just like us yeah so. he is for sure yeah anyway uh, Johnny Gilmore John Gilmore I don't know anyone calls him Johnny but <laughs> <laughs> he they makes do. good games they do well, now he did, <laughs> he did kids on bikes Johnny Gilmore doing kids on bikes too his his uncle Doug Gilmore played for the Toronto Maple Leafs for a bunch of years. I don't know that that's true, but there his definitely was a, a Gilmore on the Maple
1: Leafs. His great uncle David Gilmore played on Pink Floyd.
0: Yep, yep. That's all, where all creativity comes from.
1: Also, all of this is true.
0: Definitely, and this is some. These are some of those hidden messages that aren't so hidden that we were telling you to listen for.
1: All right, so for the feature today, we're going to talk about games in little boxes that pack a big punch. So maybe they take up a lot of table space. Maybe the game is just super interesting, way more interesting than it looks for a little game. Um, Whatever kind of interpretation we decided to put on that. So we each have three games that we'll talk about, so we're going to go back to our normal top six. And Joel, what's a good game that you have that's in a small box?
0: I, well, I uh, I did this based on like how rich the game plays, like how rich the gameplay is versus how small the box is. So I think, did we do our favorite small box games already? Yeah, we did like, no, maybe we didn't.
1: No, I don't think we did. No, yeah. I, I don't know. So
0: these, these aren't necessarily our my my favorite small box games, but these are games that, like you said, like I feel like they present a big, rich gameplay for how small the boxes are, how cheap they were to buy. And my first one is... Uh, your boy, Red Raven games, uh, with the artifacts Inc. man, love that game. Um, it's such a good game. Uh, it does dice placement as well as most games do in this little tiny, just deck of cards kind of box thing. And really honestly, if you, if you could find a way to make the little board in there fold up a little bit you could basically have that game in the size of like maybe a deck box or something. Um, It's just such a small game, but it just does such a great job of it's like, I don't know, man, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's got like a flavor of Machi Koro a little bit, but better. And uh, just awesome dice placement. It's like Marco Polo and, and, uh, and Machi Koro came together to make one great little game that goes into a little box. And that's, that's artifacts Inc by red Raven games. And it's got great art in it, like every other Red Raven game.
1: Yeah, I do want to play this one, too, because you mentioned the Marco Polo, like that it's kind of like Marco Polo before, and that that's really intriguing to me. And if it doesn't take as long as Marco Polo, that'll be an even bigger plus. So, yeah, I want to check this one out for sure.
0: It just, I mean, it definitely has that. You roll the dice, and the different faces can do different things for you, and you're trying to power up what your different faces can do, for sure. Um, it's just a really fun game, and it, has that Indiana Jones feel to it too, for sure.
1: Yeah, that's cool. Um, all right. So I'm kind of going to have an Indiana Jones theme, I guess. Maybe not, but seven wonders duel, Bruno Catala, Antoine Bauza. This is the way that I want to play seven wonders. Uh, this game, the box is not super small, but this is a kind of a thinky little game where you're trying to out thank your opponent and pick cards to either win vi- by science military or have more points. So, yeah, everybody knows about this game. It's been the hotness for a while. So I recommend if you're into two-player games and you like Seven Wonders, check this one out. You will not regret it.
0: Well, the thing about Seven Wonders Duel, I mean, everyone talks about how great it is. But I think it clicked for me why it's so great is because one half of the game is that sieve building part where you're drafting cards to build a sieve. Kind of, it's like really abstracted civilization building, but that you're trying to match these symbols up and do set collection to kind of make your civilization better. But then the other part that people don't talk about it why why it's so great because of it? It's because it's got that like um, mahjong, like the mahjong computer game, not the real mahjong game, but that like mahjong kind of like element of where you don't want to pick cards that are going to flip other cards over and give availability of cards to your opponent too. So it's got that whole like spatial, I'm drafting the right cards to keep you from drafting your right cards. But it may not be the best thing for me. I had to balance that decision. That that decision makes the game feel really tense sometimes. And that's, I think, why it's really such a great game.
1: The thing that always trips me up is I, I don't like to pay attention to what my opponents are doing. It's just something that I never do. And, but in this game, if you don't do that and you, someone's going to win through science, they'll have all six of the different symbols and you'll lose just because yeah. you gotta, you always got to pay attention to your opponent on this game. But, yeah. So totally. that's kind of interesting too. It makes it a lot more fun.
0: You're like giddy. You're like, I've got 11 military. Oh my gosh. I can't believe I let me get 11 military <laughs> yeah. and they go, the game's over. I just won. <laughs> oh, are you kidding yeah. me? Yep. Yeah. Um, for sure, I've had that experience where like my son was like, you know, that was my like sixth science.
1: <laughs> what? Yeah. Katie did that too. Like I was just playing. I was like, oh man, I'm almost there. And then she's like, oh, I just won. I was like, oh, yeah.
0: And like, it's the most <laughs> anticlimactic thing ever. Cause you're like, there's the natural arc of like what you, how you want to play a game <laughs> right, out. Yeah. And it's just like, it's like, it's like having a child abducted or something. I don't know. It feels yeah, it horrible. Does. Like there's an incomplete grieving process you have to go
1: through yeah. or something almost. It is terrible.
0: Uh, this is one I know you love, Jason, and it's three little boxes, but I think each little box plays on its own, and that's Valley of the Kings. Um, this one plays like as tight and tough a deck builder as any other deck builder I've ever played. Um, I mean, like, honestly, I think I have to think way harder at this game than I do at Dominion or, or other big box deck builders. Just it's, it requires such concentration and such like forethought and planning out to try and get your sets right and try and just I don't know, it just takes a lot of thought to make it. And then like you're kind of got the same idea as like Seven Wonders Duel where you're collapsing the pyramid down and you're trying to get it to collapse the way you want it to and not your opponent right, wants yeah. it to. So it's just a really cool game. Really like it. And I think you like it too, because you're the one who I think turned me on to it. Oh, yeah. So it's amazing. It's a good game. Yep. Yeah, tiny box, great game. Yeah, it's
1: probably one of my favorite deck builders. And you can play it's really good solo too. You're just trying to get each type of different card in your your tomb but yeah i've played it a lot solo it's really fun yeah
0: it's it's a good game it's not going anywhere for my collection i don't have any of the like afterlife or other boxes i said the base vanilla game but and i don't know that i love it enough to spend money to get the other boxes but um like i said last episode and actually it's kind of funny because it's sort of true um we are seriously filling up on review stuff man like so, anyway, AEG, you might want to send me a couple of copies of that game. <laughs> yeah. I don't know.
1: Whatever. <laughs> we wouldn't say no, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, we. I don't think we say no to really anything at this no, point.
1: I, yeah, I try not to, but I will if I have to.
0: <laughs> Jason, your review of Box of Hair was really good. <laughs> yeah. I really liked I It seems like a fun game where you, you know, make little statues out of the box of hair. I mean, whatever. It's yeah.
1: fun. I mean, for Dexterity 4.5 game. rating. I mean, that's pretty solid. Yeah.
0: Yeah, play with your kids.
1: <laughs> yep. But going back to a more family-friendly game, um, my number two, I actually picked up at Origins. And I was deciding if I wanted to put it on this list, mostly because the <laughs> theme is weird. But it's called Demon Worker. And it's a little box from Japanime Games. And essentially, it's a worker placement game. You're recruiting these workers who are little demons. And you're one of the big dogs in in. The underworld like Satan or Beelzebub or Asmodeus and there's one other guy and you're controlling these these minions to go out on this board to collect souls and food and axes and gems so you can complete goals I mean it's not really thematic but this is a really fun game it has a huge table presence too which is kind of why I put it on the the list because it's a little game it's fun and it takes up a ton of space on the table which is surprising, but if you like worker placement and you like silly, um, cartoony demon themes, this will be a game to check out for sure, and I, I dig it.
0: It's so, it's so stupid I have a hang-up about this one. Like, I just do. Like, the theme just, I'm like, I know my friends won't, my certain, like, super ultra-conservative, bordering on Amish conservative <laughs> friends won't play this game right, with yeah. me. And, I mean, like, honestly, if they would have called this, like, pilgrim worker or gold right, worker yeah. or whatever I mean like I would have definitely picked up two copies of this game even I mean like this game looks awesome Um, and I know by all accounts I haven't seen a bad review of it yet that like it's just the way how it's like it's almost like you draft your workers yeah. who have different individual it powers and au- stuff it's awesome it sounds so cool and I'll definitely play this at some point but I'm not going to sleep in a house with this game <laughs> in it so
1: like, yeah, I, I mean, I don't love the theme either, but it's just like we were playing with one of my buddies and he was Satan. He was playing the Satan character. So we kept calling him Satan, which kind of made it kind of fun. But <laughs> I mean, it it's a stupid game. And yeah, if the theme would be different, it would probably be more accessible. But yeah, I recommend you at least play it once.
0: I, when we were talking about this at Origins, you guys were like, yeah, we, we picked that <laughs> one up. I was like really surprised. And like it because in my head, it looked like um Tenacious D's board game <laughs> yeah, or something. Kind of. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. like they have like a little like hoove, Hooven Gloat Satan, <laughs> like with a like pointy Eddie Van Halen yeah. guitar, like branding people with the 666 <laughs> or something. I don't know. Like, like, that's what my vision of it was. And then I saw the actual game and I was like, oh, it's like a little Japanese yeah, demon it's guy. Anime so it's cartoon. Like adorable, cute little like, yeah, whatever. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> but like I was imagining like Kingdom <laughs> Death monster type. <laughs> I don't
1: know. Crap. It's just little cartoons. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, I mean it sounds like a pretty fun game, but I mean like I do want to go to heaven so I won't own it. So <laughs> <Yeah>. there's that. <laughs> Just for the record, I don't think owning that game has anything to do with if you go to heaven or not. Just uh yeah. message me on that one if you yeah. care about that. It's all so anyway, it's all good. Yeah. Well, anyway, that was an interesting pick, Jason. <laughs> yeah. Well, my last game I have on this list is such a a great game in such a small box that they had to blow this game up and make it into a huge game. And that's a true story. Um, Tiny Epic Kingdoms. I know there's tons of tiny epic games people love. And the ones that people generally cite that they love are Tiny Epic Galaxies and Tiny Epic Quest. Which Tiny Epic Quest is the Legend of Zelda board game, baby game. Um, And then the Galaxies is like a little, like kind of 4X game in space, but in a tiny box. And so those all deserve like a little wink right now because that's what they're trying to be. Are these tiny games in a, in a you know huge gameplay space that fit into a you know Altoids 10 or something I guess that's mint works but still
1: <laughs> yeah mint works
0: yeah um Tiny Epic Kingdoms is one that I really like cuz it's a 4X game too to a degree um exploration kind of game with some like kind of interesting mechanisms in there for combat and stuff and actually this game evolved into they inflated it and made it into Heroes of Land Air, and Sea so this one did get a big box version of it that came out but I would say Tiny Epic Kingdoms plays 60% of what you get in Heroes of Land, Air, and Sea in this little tiny itty bitty box that you can buy for like 15 bucks versus 100 bucks for the bigger game. Um, And now I do think the other 40% you get in Heroes of Land, Air, and Sea is kind of a huge deal because you get so many sweet miniatures in there, Jason. So um, I know, I'm pumped pumped about that one. To get all those minis in that Heroes of Land, Air, and Sea.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that's
0: their <they're, laughs> their model is perfect for you actually. It's like, hey, listen, if you just want the core game and no miniatures by Tiny Epic Kingdoms. If you want stuff to paint or stuff that's painted, then buy this big huge box. No, I mean, yeah. Tiny Epic Kingdoms is really good though. It's a resource collection, combat, exploration, the whole like all of all of kind of like a civ building game or like kind of 4X game in a tiny little package and it plays out in like I don't know, 30, 40 minutes. So, um, a lot of gameplay and a really compact package in tiny Epic kingdoms. And before people rage and say, well, how could you pick that over galaxies or, or Western or whatever, tiny Epic board game or whatever. I don't know. There is like a million of them. Um, this is the one I just like, I don't know. And I, I think Heroes a land air and sea kind of has made me like it more to be honest with you. But, um, I don't know. It's it's one that is definitely deserves in this list and it's kind of overlooked. So I wanted to bring a little light to that one too. Um, I mean people know Tiny Epic Galaxies cuz and they should cuz it's awesome. But this one is awesome too. So Tiny Epic Kingdoms.
1: This isn't the one that has the little board with the shields and stuff on it, is it?
0: Um it's got like uh it's got like you have a little like a a little map board and then you got like a little resource board and then you're like building like a fortress kind of thing. You're moving it up these different tracks and then it's got little like wooden shields and wooden like, bits in it that are for different resources and it's kind of slick how you keep track of them you move them up a track instead of like collecting a bunch of resources so there's fewer of them in the game so and then it has little discs that you flip over as you explore different like parts of the little tiny player boards uh little like player map boards so i don't know exactly which one you're talking about but it definitely has some like shields and wooden bits in it so
1: so the meeples don't hold weapons no no that's
0: not this one that one's that one's quest i think
1: Oh yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah, I've only ever played Galaxies. Big surprise, <laughs> but I am kind of interested in the poker one too. What's that one?
0: Uh, Tiny uh, epic, west, Western, Tiny <laughs> Epic Western. T- yeah, Tiny Epic Pyramid Poker by R and R Games. <laughs> yeah. Board game mechanics brought yeah, you by R R and R Games every week now.
1: <laughs> yeah, that one seems kind of interesting, but I think all of them are kind of kind of neat. Just because it's the Tiny Epic stick is kind of kind of fun so yeah
0: i mean like and i i think i don't know i feel like the company that did that they were such a small company they were like this is a way for us to make a bunch of games and have them out there and they are hot i mean people always buy them you can't they never go on clearance sale i mean you've never seen tiny epic westerns on a miniature market sale for six bucks and that's probably the least popular one you know i mean um so i don't know and and they keep putting them out and now they are putting out bigger box games but like i've heard someone say about Tiny Epic Galaxies, and I can't debate them on it. Is that man, why did not they just charge ten bucks more for it, make it a thirty-five dollar game, and put it in like a bruge size box so that way everything's not so yeah. tiny. Um and I kinda I get I can support it. that. Now yeah. that I'm an old man, I kinda get that. Like my big fat, unnimble fingers can't grab little bits <laughs> and I can't see little cards. So
1: right, yeah. Yeah, I would agree with you there. All right, my third pick is another AEG little box game. Um, it's actually the same exact size as Valley of the Kings, and this is called Sail to India. It's a Hasashi-Hiyashi game, I believe, and this game is an exploration game, kind of, along the sea. You're sailing from, I don't know where you're taking off from, I forget, but you're trying to get to India. And essentially, it's cards and cubes. You're using the cubes as your money, you're using the cubes as your tech tree tracker, and you're using the cubes as your boat. So you're trying to figure out the best way to use the cube to be the most efficient and you don't want to run out of cubes because it's going to end the game. So you're trying to, you know, make sure you don't have a pile of unused cash that could be boats that you could be sailing the seas on and you're also using turning your boats into buildings on the cards to turn them into goods and points at the end of the game. So this is a like a feels like a big euro game in a little tiny box and I love it. So that's sale to India by AEG. Is this
0: the one that was really hot at um, Origins this year? Or am I thinking of something else?
1: No, this is an older game. I mean, we got it our first year at Origins, like four or five years ago, maybe.
0: Yeah, there was a game that had to do with India this year at Origins, and I don't remember the name of it, but that's not what you're talking about. So sale to India. Cool.
1: Nope. I, think I don't, that's I don't know anything about this one. That's Sail to Osiris, maybe, is what you're thinking of. Could be. I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. And I yeah, thought Sail it was
0: to... kind of an independent company that put this, this game out this year. I don't know anything about Sail to India. I'll have to check it out.
1: You should check it out. It's amazing. It's just cards and cubes, but the decision space in there is amazing. It's the same guy that does Yokohama, so it's that kind of game in a little tiny box.
0: Huh. That's cool. And the guy who did Yokohama did a couple other games that I really like, too. So
1: Yeah, he's he's done a ton of stuff.
0: Very cool. All right, Jason. So... It's crunch time. Who are you giving your award to? Who gets your... This game is the definitive big game in a small
1: box. Of the three that I have on the list? Yep. Um, I would probably go with Seven Wonders Duel. Yeah. Of my three. Yeah. That's
0: that's a good pick. I Man, I got to go with Artifacts, Inc. for me. Because I was kind of blown away by how much game was in that little box. So Artifacts, Inc. is a really cool game. Um, and I think you'd 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 be happy to try it sometime too. So, oh yeah, that's, totally. that's going to be my champion as well. All right, so let's let's start informally something here. If you listen to this point in the podcast, put up your nomination in the comment section somewhere. Who do you think Who do you think is uh, the champion of the small box, big game category? And I know that if we did a Artifacts Inc. versus Seven Wonders duel, I'm not an idiot. I know everyone's going to pick Seven Wonders duel. <laughs> yeah, but Artifacts Inc. is awesome. So. Right, yeah, yeah. All right, any, anything that didn't quite make the list, Jason?
1: Yeah, I have a couple honorable mentions that I wanted to talk about. Uh, I actually pull, um, put a question up on social media asking some people what some good small box games they liked were. And one person actually said one that's on my honorable mention, and that game is Akrotiri, which is a little two-player pick-up-and-deliver game where you're trying to explore and build temples. Hmm. Um, so that's a good one. Uh, Harbor, which is Tiny Epic Lahav, <laughs> Uh My Star, which is another little AEG card game A new two-player game that just came out from Keymaster Game called Caper And The Bloody Inn from Pearl Games are on my honorable mentions list
0: Yeah, did you love Caper? I just saw your review of that
1: Dude, it's amazing. It's so good <laughs>
0: Yeah. And then Harbor calling it Tiny Epic Lahav. That's That's what it is, man. Perfect. Because it's the same designer as the Tiny Epic games.
1: Yeah, it is. It's exactly, it's Lahav. Like, I played Harbor first, then I played Lahav. I was like, wait a minute. I've played this game before.
0: (laughs) That's funny. And like, when I meet Scott Alm someday, he'd better be like five foot one, 105 pounds. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) To have made all these little tiny games. (laughs) <laughs> I th- he seriously does all the little tiny games, right? I mean, like that's, that's his jam.
1: Yeah. All the tiny epic stuff Harbor. Um, he has a couple other little ones too, I think. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, I, is he the guy who did stuff for TMG as well? At one point, I want to say he might've made, um, Kings of Air and Steam. That might've been him. Might not have know. been. Don't quote me on that. Um, I have
1: some other, I have some other dice game that he did too. I don't, and it's not a small game. I just don't remember what it is.
0: Yeah. Um, I have a pair of honorable mentions too, Jason. Um, number one, uh, I kind of hate myself for putting it on here, but I do like this game, um, Arboretum. And I'm really happy that the license left Z-Man so that it won't be like a cult, the cult of the Arboretum anymore. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> and and then uh, and then the other one is uh, Jaapur or Hapur, or however you want to say it. Uh, Which is just as good a little two player game as you're going to find as well. It's such a fun game where you're trading goods and trying to get, you know, sets and camels. Any game with camels has got to be good. I think that's what we've decided on this podcast, right? So,
1: yep. Yep. I would agree.
0: So, anyway, that's another one that I thought, man, that one deserves a a pretty good look. But both those games are pretty small playing games in small boxes, too. So, uh, they didn't quite feel as grand. It didn't quite have the grandeur of, of the other stuff. So, At any rate, that's my honorable mentions.
1: Cool. Yeah, I haven't played either of those, but I would definitely give both of those a shot for sure.
0: Well, cool. Uh, And we aren't going to throw anything in the Hall of Fame because we're already, you know, this is our time. So
1: (laughs) yeah, there's there's always another week (laughs) and there's 90,000 games we can talk about
0: (laughs) and and, uh, we appreciate you guys for listening. As always, we really appreciate you. And actually, this most recent friend raiser was awesome. You guys did a great job with that. We have our vanity URL, uh, board game mechanics on YouTube now. Um, we are actually, when we tweet something, people see it and they might head to heart on it now. Um, we are just growing like crazy, well into the 400s now on the likes, which feels awesome given that we're still in our first year. So, uh, if you're new to us, welcome. Uh, check out our group hashtag The Riveted on Facebook. That's where we do a lot of our interactions. Um, and actually, your wife is really great at interacting with people on there too. So she's she and Cam are definitely the uh, third and fourth mechanics unofficially. So um, anyway, if you guys uh, are new, welcome. And thank you for your ongoing support, guys. And like we said, uh, don't forget to subscribe to us on YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe to us wherever you get podcasts at. And if you can leave us a rating, that's always really awesome of you. That's what you can do. you know, people are coming up to me in the streets all the time. Like, I just, I'm trying to walk to school and they're like stopping me. They're like, hey, listen, I, if it's not too big of a deal, can you autograph this for me? And I'm like, yeah, I will, always will. And then they're like, what can I do to help? And I'm like, well, just go out there and rate and like our, our podcast. So um, that's what you guys can do. Obviously, I'm lying. Like, I, like, my mom doesn't know I do a podcast even. So,
1: well, I mean, to be fair, I mean, it is your mom.
0: Actually, my my buddy that I play board games with more than anybody. I just played with him over the weekend, and I was like really scared to ask him. He was asking me. I haven't played with him in a while. Um, and he was asking me about a board game, and I was like, "Uh, do you uh, do you listen to my podcast?" And he's like, "Nah, man, haven't checked it out yet." <laughs> so.
1: Hey, that's hey. Still, that's just one more person that we can get on board here. Later. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. And
0: and the other piece too that was really insulting about that is this guy has a job where like he says the he like just finished telling me about yeah the first two hours of my day when I open I have nothing to do so I pretty much catch up on like every podcast I can think of and then he's like I haven't listened to years yet <laughs> oh thanks bud and actually I did a I did a podcast with him like he was a co host for me at one point on a different podcast so. Uh, anyway <laughs> yeah it might it might be he's you know sour grapes because he wants to keep doing the other podcast or something i don't know i'm not a psychologist
1: <laughs> it's fine i mean yeah whatever it's cool i'm sure it's not he,
0: sour grapes i'm sure it's just we aren't that great so
1: whatever <laughs> he'd rather listen to the good the good people like heavy cardboard and rowan dice taking names and all those peeps i yep. guess
0: the good boys and I and Pretty interesting you didn't mention uh, the old Vassal Boys and his crew, but...
1: <laughs> well, because I don't listen to them either, <laughs> but I do like heavy cardboard, though. No, you? <laughs> yeah, I love heavy cardboard. Um, and to, to go along with all this nonsense, uh, we're also running a giveaway through everything board games. And that's going on, I think, till the 29th. So if you want to get interested in that, go over there and check it out. And you can win a review copy of Mana Forge or Pixel Glory Light and Shadow. So go check that out and see how to enter, and you might get a game.
0: And I, I would say this, too. Look uh, look for our recent YouTube stuff. But I by the time this comes out, I think I will have had a couple of reviews come out this week. Um, one on, like I already mentioned, um, the, uh, the sweet little level 99 game, uh, Temporal Odyssey. And then I also have a prototype of an upcoming Kickstarter, which is always exciting to do, um, of a game called Iron Rise, and it looks really interesting. So check out my thoughts on that if you can find us on YouTube. Um, but anyway, I've been Joel, and I'm Jason, and I'm sure there's plenty of
1: material. For <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Seriously, man, Gilmore's guitar, like the tones on his guitar are like unmatchable. Like that guy, he's a prodigy of making guitar have a certain special sound to it. Uh, anyway.
1: Yeah, I'm with you all the way. Yeah.
0: You better not edit that out, Jason.
1: Oh, I love David Gilmore. That's staying in. <laughs> Good work. <laughs> Total, total, like,
0: uh, you can edit this out or make it an outtake or whatever you want to do. But this is a fun story about my life. So my family gets mentioned on here, like, a lot. Like, I found out there was a crime that happened, like, like right like in my neighborhood, like, a month before we moved to the neighborhood, where this girl was abducted and murdered and killed. And, like, it was this unsolved crime for, like, 30 years, and they finally solved it this week. And I'm, like, looking at this map of where all this crime happened and, like, where this guy was leaving these creepy notes. And it's like, oh... There's the field where I ran around and played without like any supervision at all. And here's like the spot where that guy was probably watching me play, you know? I mean yeah. like so anyway. That's... That was uh that was that was a fun aside for you there. Just child abduction made me think about that. So Yeah, that's anyway. funny and
1: creepy all at the same time.
0: Yeah, you're listening to ADD boy and the OCD boy.